You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Peacock and Williamson. Get your picks, previews, and much more every day around the NFL with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the Green Bay Packers. Um, yes, it is going to be some more Aaron Rodgers talk, um, and and it is going to be uh, for a reason. And, and I think an important one uh, as we try and sit here and, and figure out the future of this team. Uh, and then I, I want to dig into some of the training camp battles that we're seeing right now. Um, and, and as we look forward to what's going to happen on Saturday, try and figure out what the positional battles are, are going to be and, and, and handicap these races a little bit as we really start to dig into the, the dog days of summer. We're not there yet. The excitement of the season is still very much, uh, it is new and it is fun and there's installs and there's highlights and the fans. And in about a week, these guys are going to get really sick of hitting each other and they're going to want to hit someone else. And that is going to start opening up to them very soon. Something struck me though, as I was listening to the press conferences yesterday and as we try and, you know, I, I, I am, am at times hesitant to play body language doctor and then at times very gung-ho about playing body language doctor and uh, sometimes love to do it, in fact. Um, I try not to overdo it, but sometimes I do, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's important to know yourself. But something stood out to me. Uh, with with Rodgers and has stood out to me for a long time with Rodgers. He has, from the very beginning, gone out of his way to, to, to say what a great relationship he has with Matt. And I would hear it from players. And I remember Billy Turner coming on this show last year uh, in 2019, excuse me, and saying, you know, unprompted, regardless of what's being said outside, you can see it inside in the building every day. These guys have a good relationship. And, you know, you, you, you bring in Nathaniel Hackett, you bring in Luke Getze, these guys Rogers vibe with, vibes with, and they have a rapport and they stimulate him. I remember all the things in the Mike McCarthy era that we talked about. He, he didn't, he didn't trust Mike McCarthy. He didn't think Mike McCarthy, and this is, you know, re- reporting now. Reportedly, did not think Mike McCarthy was particularly bright, did not agree with a lot of his approaches and concepts and, and XYZ. It seems like just the opposite is true. And, and remember, too, when the Packers hired Matt LaFleur, there were people in the media, there were fans, and, and there were even people in the league going, okay, they hired Matt LaFleur to be Aaron Rodgers' lackey. 
Yeah, you get the Shanahan offense, and that's nice, and that's great, but he's there to do what Aaron Rodgers wants him to do, not to stand up to him. And, of course, that presupposes that someone needs to stand up to Aaron Rodgers, and maybe you believe that, maybe you don't. I don't know if the Packers believe that, and frankly, if just extrapolating here, if they thought he did, really, then they wouldn't have hired Matt LaFleur. Because there's no way this this wet-behind-the-ears coach is going to come in if you think that your quarterback is this unbridled stallion who, you know, needs to be housebroken. That, this is not the guy for that. So I think, I think it's possible at once to say Mark Murphy telling Aaron Rodgers don't be the problem is a bit of a red flag and saying, okay, well... If the organization thought he needed a firmer hand, then you have to go hire Josh McDaniels. You have to hire uh, a different coach who has a little bit more uh, gravitas in the league and, and who Rodgers is going to respect a little bit more. Except Matt LaFleur came in and he earned Aaron Rodgers' respect almost right away. And you have to credit Matt LaFleur for doing that. And you also have to credit Aaron Rodgers for being willing to adapt. And he talked about that adaptation. He talked about that back and forth and and that uh, intellectual challenging that this coaching staff does for him. And it's a reminder of why he came back. Listen. Really, there's always things I want to veto, Um, but I've learned to pick my battles. Um, The the great thing about Matt and I's relationship and having Hack and and Getsy in there is the lines of communication are fantastic. You know, we were always talking through things and and I think we're just understanding each other's personalities a little bit. Last last offseason was the most important thing for us to get on the same page, do those Zoom meetings, have those extra meetings that we had, um, you know, by ourselves to to really go through the offense. And that was, uh, that was why I think we had the success that we had this year. It wasn't like a, a ton of things, uh, you know, Aaron, the, uh, the offense from year one to two changed a lot, not a whole lot from two to three. I mean, there's not a whole lot we wanted to change. I think we want to refine some things that we did last year, kick some plays out that didn't really fit with what we're doing, added a few things, some wrinkles, but, um, Matt does a good job of, uh, of communicating those things. We kind of throw our, our ego and our sensitivities out the window when get in that room and, and, uh, you know, whatever comes out is what's in the best interest of the team. So it's fun. I enjoy those conversations. I enjoy being proven wrong. I really do. You know, I'm, I'm headstrong, but when I come in there and he goes, well, this is this, and I'll show you why. And look at this clip here. And I go, yeah, shit, that looks good. Let's do that. So I think we have to take this into account. When we try and handicap the odds of Aaron Rodgers staying, it is really easy to say, I don't want to come back when you don't have any responsibilities. And when you'd rather be in Hawaii and you'd rather be playing golf and you'd rather be hosting Jeopardy in the summer, Aaron Rodgers doesn't think you should have OTAs anyway. Trust me to be ready for camp. I'm going to be ready for camp. And guess what? He showed up ready for camp. But he also wants to be challenged. He wants to be intellectually stimulated. He can get bored in training camp. He told Josh Rosen on camera, That he gets bored in training camp. But when you have a coach who comes in and says, hey, we're going to make these changes. He wasn't at OTA, so he needs to to be up to speed on this stuff. And here's why. Matt LaFleur tells him the why and makes Rodgers see. We saw it last year, pre-snap motion. Aaron, here's the why. Here are the numbers. It actually works better this way because. And Rodgers goes, oh, you're right. And he adapted. 
And guess what? Yes, he got his buddy, Randall Cobb, but he came back and, and who's at camp? Devontae Adams, close friend. David Bakhtiari, close friend. A coaching staff who challenges him. A defense that pushes him, that, that he wants to try and beat. He's a competitor first and foremost. A year of this stuff and, and maybe the coaching staff, and we know the players are going to be a pull, but he also knows that the players are going to understand if he wants to move on. The coaching staff, though, he's, he's, he has to know. He has to know there aren't that many places he can go and get this. That what the Packers offensively have done and what they've built is unique in the league. It, only a handful of teams can do what they can do. And we've seen it. The red zone offense last year was unstoppable in, in large part because Nathaniel Hackett was designing and calling beautiful plays. And they were getting guys wide damn open. That is not going to happen everywhere. And so could this coaching staff, when you have the respect that you do for Matt LaFleur and that good working relationship, the relationship that is more important than, than really any other relationship a quarterback has with anyone, including the GM, can they forge another year's worth of time under tension, of shared experiences, of scar tissues, of battles, and for Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, this is the guy that I want to go into battle with. Let's get Devontae an extension and let's work on an extension for me. I'll retire here. Already a lot of whispers that that is what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Anyway, despite what we heard this offseason, I also want to bring up something he said about Brian Gutekunst. And that was that relationships um, are not forged in a day. Now, what I find interesting about that is Brian Gutekunst has been with the Packers for longer than Aaron Rodgers has been with the Packers. He's been the GM for the last three years. It's going on four seasons. And Aaron Rodgers has had very nice things to say about Brian Gutekunst in the past. Listen. It's a lot different feel. Um, I just remember in those moments, the emotion compared to this, you know, I feel really confident in, in Brian and the job that he's done, his staff, you know. Uh, they did go all in, you know, as much as they could this this year, and the pieces that they brought in. Um, and I'm confident that he's going to continue to add to this squad. Um, so that part is very exciting. Uh, it is a lot different feel than than uh, three years ago. That's after the NFC Championship game. After they got steamrolled in the NFC Championship game. He expressed his faith and confidence in Brian Gutekunst. And three months later, they drafted Jordan Love. That is what changed. That is what changed. But at one point, not only did they have a relationship, it seemed like they had a good relationship. Rodgers is, in these words, saying, if you want to fix this, it's going to take more than a couple days at training camp and a Randall Cobb trade. It's going to take a full season of your, your buy-in into what we agreed upon to let me be a part of these discussions and to let me help shape the future of this team. I, I believe Aaron Rodgers wants to be in Green Bay. He wants this to work deep down. He wants this to work. He wants this team to go all in 
And and I was going to say acquiesce. I don't know that he wants them to acquiesce. I think he wants their visions to align. And maybe part of him does want them to, to knuckle under, to acquiesce to him. But more than that, I think if he does want that, it's because he thinks his vision helps this team win and would allow him to do what he already wants to do, and that is win more Super Bowls for Green Bay, build that that single team legacy in Green Bay, and go out like Dirk Nowitzki or Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant. Rodgers has talked about how important that is to him. So can this, can this be rebuilt? Well, if it can, the coaching staff could potentially be a big part of why. And the Packers, they have a full season, a trade deadline, and and potentially even, you know, discussions in the in the offseason. Hey, these are the guys we'd like to get. Can we can we rework your deal to to move some money around and and make this easier and get an extension done so that we can go out and make some more moves, maybe so we can keep Randall Cobb, stuff like that. That's unlikely given the the structure of that deal, but but maybe, maybe. If you're going to build a case for Aaron Rodgers staying, that is it. Now, do I think that's the most likely scenario? It's hard to know. It's hard to know. We, uh, so much de- depends on what happens on the field. If the team is really good, it's going to be really hard to walk away. So that's why I think you keep hearing people say, let's see, we'll see, we'll see. Brian Gutekinds, we'll see. Aaron Rodgers, we'll see. It's because... We'll see. I'm sorry. That's a that that seems like a, a a bad answer, but that is the answer. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. If you're like me, Just about every day, you stare into the cabinet going, why don't I have anything good in the house? And if you're a cheesehead, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of a grilled cheese sandwich is the cheese that melts off the pan and gets crunchy? Well, just the cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started snacking on Just the Cheese. Just the Cheese brings you cheese, 100% cheese, no fluff, no filler, like you've never had it before as a salty bake snack. It's cheese and crackers without the cheese and crackers, which also means without the unnecessary carbs. My favorite is the jalapeno. It tastes like uh, like maybe a Dorito. It's got that cheesy, spicy combo, but it's heartier than that. And it's not going to make you feel gross after you have them. No complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. 
Locked On Packers listeners get 20% off when you use the promo code 20LOCKEDON at checkout on Amazon. And because it's on Amazon, that means you don't have to live in Wisconsin to get that signature Wisconsin cheese fix. Use the promo code 20LOCKEDON on Amazon and have it sent to wherever you are. That's promo code 20LOCKEDON for 20% off on Amazon. So we've got some position battles. And I wouldn't say they're raging, but we we do have some important position battles. So this is an appreciation for Elton Jenkins' tweet right here, right? Uh, he's been awesome in camp, starting left tackle for now when David Bakhtiari gets back. If it were me, I would just put him back at right tackle, um, and you're the right tackle now. Billy Turner, um, you're going to compete at guard. He would probably win that right guard spot. And then you, you put, you know, Josh Myers is going to be the starting center. And this this gets us to our thing about the guards. We got Ben Braden, we got John Runyon Jr., um, we got Lucas Patrick, and and they're fighting for one spot, regardless of how this all shakes out. If Billy Turner is playing tackle, then Elton Jenkins is playing guard. If Elton Jenkins is playing tackle, then Billy Turner is playing guard, and Josh Myers is playing center. So it's three guys for one spot. Three guys for one spot. Now that's down the road to open the season. It's three guys for two spots, and and I think. The Packers would telegraph a little bit on how they think this is all going to shake out based on who gets the most snaps where. The problem is they haven't done that because we know Matt LaFleur is just going to play the best five. And they're going to they're going to figure it out week to week who's healthy, who's going to be out there. So having Elton Jenkins, who I think could be a Pro Bowl center, a Pro Bowl guard, and has so far looked like a potential Pro Bowl caliber tackle, it it gives so much flexibility to your offense. But for now, it's sounding like Ben Braden has a real chance to compete for a starting job, but Lucas Patrick and John Runyon Jr. have the inside tracks for now. What gets interesting is when Bakhtiari gets back, and we don't know when that is going to be, uh, what does that look like and what does that mean for the rest of the offensive line? How many spots are open and where do they play? Because if Billy Turner slides into guard, he's going to play right guard most likely, which means, okay, who's playing left guard? Do they have someone that they feel like is is preferential at left guard? Do they think John Runyon Jr. is better at left guard, but Lucas Patrick is better at right guard? I mean, that's a real thing that could be happening in part because of the way that you think of left-handed, right-handed, and you like your, your, your better pass blocker on the left side usually. I mean, there are, some, there are some considerations to have in here. No consideration at center. It's Josh Myers. I mean, Matt LaFleur all but said it. So that's where we are there. Elsewhere on the offense, uh, the, the top three receivers are pretty much set. We've talked about that six, seven receivers question. I don't want to want to rehash all of that, but Juwan Winfrey just continues to produce and, and I think is is fighting hard for that roster spot. Um, Equinemius St. Brown has also made some nice plays. And I, I don't think anyone should rule him out. The talent there is real. If he can find a home on special teams, if he can make a couple of plays on special teams in the preseason, for example, he might force his way onto this team just because the size speed combination and he was a draft pick. I, I think it matters. I think it really matters for Green Bay um, at tight end. Josiah DeGuara passed his physical, so he's ready to get back out there pretty soon. Uh, He's going to make the team, and that's not a question. Um, Dominique Daphne has been hurt. 
And so you've got Mercedes Lewis, you've got Big Bob Tunyon, Jay Sternberger's out there practicing, although we know that that he's going to miss uh, the first two games of the season with that suspension. And then you've got Josiah DeGuara. So do they keep more than four? Are they going to keep five? And then when Jace comes back, make a decision. We'll see. We'll see what that looks like. Um, but and, and we'll see how quickly they're able to reintegrate Josiah DeGuara. Um, which, which you know, he's going to come back and, and be behind. There's no doubt about it. He's going to be behind. If he is right back out there and, and you know, right back out with the first team, I think that's going to say a lot about where they where they view him and his role on this team. Uh, defensively, because I don't think the running back room is that is that interesting. The quarterback room is not that interesting. Defensively, that front is going to be ever-changing. And can TJ Slayton earn some more reps? Very well, very well might. Um, Dean Lowry extolled the virtues of Joe Barry and, and what he does and, and talked about the run game and, and the freedom that they play with now and, and some of the disguise and that kind of stuff. And I think that that brings into some questions about who are going to be the preferential defensive linemen. These practices, these preseason games, family night, it's going to go a long way. To, uh, to to sorting out the pecking order here. Outside linebacker, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because Preston Smith has come back. He's been the consummate pro. He took his lumps last year, understood he came in out of shape, um, did not play great, and it wasn't until Rashawn Gary really came on at the end of the season that Preston started playing his ass off. And all of a sudden, now he's making plays. He's, you know, he's scoring touchdowns, picking up fumbles and getting interceptions. And and he is the playmaker that we saw him in 2019. So how do you go into this season? Is he starting? Is Rashawn Gary starting? Now, Zadarius Smith is dealing with an injury right now. So that we don't have to ask those questions or we don't have to answer them because right now injuries have sorted those things out. But what is the breakdown going to be moving forward? And then who's going to be outside linebacker for? That's created this issue where, okay, you've got Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey, um, dealing with what sounds like a serious injury. Um, as of this recording, we don't have an update on what that injury is, but it sounds like it's pretty serious. Um, and, and that means likely probably not going to play in 2021. So who is going to be that fourth outside linebacker? You need someone. Well, right now, they're, they're so desperate that they're looking at Kamel Martin who showed alacrity as a blitzer and as a penetrator. He's got that explosiveness and downhill burst. You know, maybe if you can scheme him up on some twists and stunts, he can do some things there. Maybe just a way to get him on the field. You feel like, okay, we like him, but Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes are clearly ahead of him right now. And so, okay, maybe this is just a way to get him on the field. Or maybe it's time to be concerned about him not being able to, to push those guys a little bit harder to start. Uh, the, the third safety position is fascinating because Vernon Scott, you would think, would, would have the inside track on that job. Will Redmond um, dealing with an injury. Um, Henry Black has been in the mix and has been consistently been that third safety the last couple of days. And so, you know, does he have a real chance to be that guy or are they going to end up, you know, doing something where they, they sign someone off the street um, after cutdowns or something like that? Maybe make a trade. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but right now, Black is getting a lot of run there, and that is certainly a name to keep an eye on. And then, of course, the cornerback position is always going to be interesting. Um, Josh Jackson is, you know, for all of the consternation last year about, oh, is is he ahead of Kadar Holman, and why is he a you know a, a healthy scratch and all that stuff? Right now, he's running ahead of Holman. He's getting first team snaps with Jair Alexander when Jair Alexander's um, not playing in team. It's been Snow, it's Stokes and Jackson. 
And so, you know, you've got Kevin King. He's also dealing with an injury. And so Stokes, you know, he's been a little inconsistent. What you expect from a rookie corner and you expect a rookie corner to get torched more often than not by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, but this has been a, a, a cornerback competition that has been uh, hurt by the fact that guys are hurt. You know, Kevin King not out there. It would be great to see him side by side with Josh Jackson and Eric Stokes. Shannon Sullivan looks to be locked in in that star position. And they're not getting quite as creative with that as we thought maybe they would be. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't over the course of the season. It's just not where they are right now. Otherwise, not a lot of questions. So, you know, are there the are there young players that you're going to get really excited about? I, I, we'll see. Kylan Hill, you know, he looks looks juiced, looks twitched up. Dexter Williams is is having a, a good start to his camp as well. Um, in the passing game, has made some nice plays, and, and in the run game as well. So, a lot to be excited about if you're the Packers and where this team is going. The injuries have not hurt you to this point, and they have to this point um, not suffered anything serious to their core players. You hope that continues, but you understand that this is this is about depth. This is a, a war of attrition that you have to fight every year. Um, the, the Buccaneers fought it and won last year, and that's why they won the Super Bowl. The, the Packers, you know, they had a key injury at the worst possible time. And uh, unfortunately, that can just be the kind of thing that derails your season. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and info. You can bet on the NFL. You guys, Cowboy Steelers is tonight. NFL action is back. We do not have a week until February that does not have football in it from now until February. Can you believe that? It is a glorious time to be alive. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as team preps for their playoff runs in baseball and as teams get their seasons underway in the NFL. Let's go. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the Packers doesn't have to be hard. Just listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, a mailbag edition of Locked on Packers. So send me your questions. Send them to me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Send them to me on Facebook, send them to me uh, through the the show's Twitter at Locked On Packers, and uh, you can always hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline nine two zero three four one three seven seven five to stay locked on Packers. Mm-hmm.